Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. So I have the honour of um, continuing our Found series uh, this evening. And the Found series, it's about how we are found by Jesus. We're found in Jesus and that since we are found, now then we are the finders and that we go out into our worlds and find people who are far from God and bring them into relationship with God. And it's my joy to continue that. And I believe that's, that should be the mantra for, for every church and every Christ follower that it's not just good enough for us to be in a relationship with God. We want, to, we want a communal relationship with yes. God and we want to do life with more people. And, and uh, I'm going to be speaking from um, two sections of scripture. I'm going to read from one section, which is known as the Great Commission. Many of us have heard it. You'll find it in Matthew 28. And uh, I'm going to read that and another verse from the Old Testament. So Matthew 28 and verse 18 says this. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And this next scripture, um, we've been having a talk about um, Joel 2. Joel 2 is um, um, an Old Testament prophet who is speaking about a future day of the Lord. And, and um, we're going through a section as a church from um, verses 18 to 27. But I'm just going to briefly talk about um, Joel 2:28 as well. And it says this, And it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall, shall see visions. I just want to read that again. And it shall come to pass that afterward I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. So I've entitled my message tonight, The Field of Dreams. So I believe after tonight, you're going to see dreams. You're going to see visions. You're going to see something that may have been obscure in a past season of your life, but will be renewed to you today. It will be renewed to you tonight. So tomorrow, you'll understand that your life is actually a field of dreams. Um, for those of the people that know me, um, know, that, know that I like movies. I like films. I like, I'm, a, I'm a film junkie. I'm, I don't go to the um, obscure films, but I kind of go for those mainstream ones, and I've, I've seen them all apart from a few which have given me a bit of uh, criticism over the years, like um, I haven't seen any of the Jurassic Parks. <laughs> I, uh, I know, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm still alive. I've got time. <laughs> and uh, I haven't seen any of the, karate, the original Karate Kids. Oh. I haven't seen these, um, and I haven't seen Jaws, any of the Jaws films. Apparently, only the first one's only worth watching, but, but um, anyway. But, um, but I like films, and is there, is there anyone here that likes rom-coms? Yeah. Wow, a gentleman. That, <laughs> we need to pray for you. Um, rom-coms, oh my days. Rom-coms are kind of like those... But people secretly, guys secretly like them. They sort of think, mm, but it's only because girls like them and they get to spend time with a girl while watching one. So that's why I like them. It's a, it's a means to an end. Or, um, I <laughs> so there's rom-coms. Uh, anyone like horror films? 
no one likes horror films. I, I, I used to watch horror films when I was younger, and I kind of thought that they're a bit of a spoiler alert because they're films, so they can't be real, so they can't scare me. But it always shocked me how people would be scared by horror films. And, but my favorite films are, are action thrillers. They're, they're like the spy films. They're my, they're my go-to uh, movies, and so much so that um, back at my mum and dad's, I have the entire collection of James Bond movies right. from... Um, no, it's the first one is... Oh my, Doctor No, all the way through to Die Another Day, and then they've got um, the Blu-rays of the, um, the Daniel Craig ones in my flat, because they're the ones I still watch. And uh, <laughs> so for every, every once in a while, I would just go through a marathon of these spy movies, and, and I, would just, I, would just love, I would just love the, the kind of like what he represented you know, and each, each James Bond had its own, like, mantra of what a man should be. Like, you had uh, Sean Connery, who was, like, the man's man. And, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd smoke a cigarette and then go punch somebody else in the face while drinking a, a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. See, he had style and he was particular. So that's, I was just kind of, I was just kind of cool. And, and, uh, and I find myself, like, I am, when I watch these kind of films, I kind of, afterwards, I kind of feel like, yeah, like, I could be a spy. Like, I could be a field agent. I can, I can live like this. And, and, it's, and it's, I find myself, like, especially, like, superhero films, like, I think they're kind of taking, like, um, they're kind of taking, like, the top of the pecking order, like, all the Marvels and, and Batman. I mean, I used to love Batman as a kid. Like, I had actually, I actually made my own cape out of bin liners once. And, and I was just, and it was, because Batman was, like, the most realistic because he was human. Like, he, he, um, like, he, oh, you could do to be Batman is just be very rich and <laughs> money is that's possible to be rich and all you have to do is buy all this stuff and buy the most impractical automobile you can with like a hood like the size of like the size of this room that I don't know how he chased people down the dark alleys of Gotham City I mean you can't even get around corners but but the thing is like I after watching these films I found myself so excited about the possibility of working or um, exploring the field and that James Bond, he would go to these exotic locations sent by the, his country in order, to, in order to execute a mission and to um, alleviate a world threat. And, and it's more, we wonder where I'm going with that. Here's where I'm going with that. <laughs> See, God has called us as Christians, as human beings, as a body of Christ to be field agents in his field yeah. of dreams. Yeah. See, there's dreams in this world that that God actually wants to see happen, and he chooses us to partner with him to see his dreams realized in this world. You know, there's, hurt, there's people that hurt, there's people that um, are in, in poverty because of um, life circumstances and things that have happened to them, be it corrupt governments or whatever, and God wants to see these restored, and he moves our hearts so that we actually partner with him to accomplish these dreams. Yeah. That dreams come from God and he gives them to us and we get to live out his field of dreams. That this life is actually a field of God's dreams. And the end of tonight, I really want us to, to awaken and really realize that the dreams that God has given us are given by God. Those things that, we, that tug our heart when we read it, read it in, the, in the news, in the media, these things are actually God's dreams that he's given to us. So if we, if we feel that pressure, we feel like maybe there should be something done about this. Maybe somebody should say something. You know, I think I can give in this area. And then God's saying, absolutely, I want to do that too. Let's do it together. We're in a field of God's dreams. And what I love about the dreams of God is that 
The dreams of God are all inclusive. You don't have to be in a certain um, place in your life or a certain readiness to receive God. God's dreams are all available to you right now. They're all inclusive. Matthew 28 and verse 18 says, And Jesus spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. So saying there, Jesus is the highest authority. If Jesus is the highest authority, then whatever else is under Jesus is subject to Jesus. Now, that may, that may seem quite strange to a lot of us that Jesus is in all authority, but why do bad things happen? Because there's a sovereignty of God and that in his love, he has limited his involvement to the willingness of his creation. He's limited his involvement to the willingness of his creation. And here's why. Because he's a God of perfect love. With perfect love has to come the opportunity for choice. For without choice, you have control. You don't have relationship. You don't have the opinion. You don't have any significance. You're just a robot. You're just an object. But God didn't create objects. He created beings that are, are like him that actually reflect his image in all of his glory, in all of his splendor, and that we are actually envied by other creations like celestial beings, like angels and whatnot, because we have the image of God. We are image bearers of God, and we carry God when we receive his spirit. Because it's his spirit that draws us in to the field of his dreams. The dreams of God are all inclusive. And I like that because it doesn't matter how I feel. I know that I'm included in the dreams of God. All authority has been given to Jesus. And with that authority, he chooses to send us into the world, into our workplaces, into our families, into those areas which could be deemed um, dangerous territory. He sends us out into those because he, he, get this, he entrusts us with his dreams. He entrusts us. What he gives us is his, but he chooses to entrust us. And to be honest, that takes a bit of pressure off me because I know I didn't start it. I didn't initiate it. I didn't create it. God's a creator. And I'm the one who's entrusted and empowered to walk this life, walk in the power and authority he has given me. It says this in verse 19, because all authority has been given to Jesus, both on heaven and on earth. And he says this. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So because all authority has been given to Jesus. Then he says, go therefore. So what does that tell me? What does that tell us? That if all authority has been given to Jesus, and by that authority he commissions us, we have the authority. We have that, as Americans would say, that red letter from the government. We can go wherever we are sent. Yeah. We have the, we have the um, authority to act as required. We have the authority to represent God. We have the, the power to act on behalf of God. And we have the, the revelation to speak on behalf of God. Like Kevin was talking this morning, not the low goss that just remains on paper, but the rhema that just in our hearts and then becomes, becomes living when it's acted upon. Yeah. It becomes living when we speak it. It becomes living when we act upon the word that we receive. This, this rhema word is, is 
is the authority to speak. It's the authority to act as children of God, as, as ambassadors of Christ. That, that this, the dreams of God, when we receive them, they're all inclusive and they're also all encompassing. Like they're, they're far bigger than us. They envelop us. They, they enclose us. And I love this. In verse 19, it says this. It says, uh, making um, disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I, I remember my baptism. Um, it was a few years ago in that corner. Kind of, there's like a massive tank that was set up. It was set up there because it's the only place where you can fill a massive, massive water up where nobody will get nervous. It'll fall through the floor. Um, and, uh, and I got baptized. And, and this is very different because the word baptized literally means to immerse, to submerge. And, and, uh, and I was submerged in this pool of water, but it was different from any other masses of water I was, I've been in. I've been in seas, swimming pools, lakes, all that sort of thing. But when I got baptized in water... When um, pastors Brian and Ruth, the ones that baptized me, and when I went down, there was, and then came back up, there was, there was something different. There was, it was like I was still underwater. Yeah. It was like I hadn't actually came back up. Like, and I know I had come back up because I can breathe, but, but, um, <laughs> but it felt like I was still immersed. And the truth is, what happened is that I got baptized into something bigger than myself. And then from then on, I, I realized that I was actually a carrier of the presence of God. I was a carrier of the dreams of God. I was a carrier of the very mandate of God. That, that who I was before, before I, I, was, um, I was dead in my trespasses. I had no any, any kind of spiritual understanding. But then my eyes were opened up and now I'm living this different life. I'm living this life of authority. And now because I'm part of something far, far bigger than myself. The dreams of God, the field of dreams of God, we are given dreams that are far bigger than ourselves. You know what I love this about God? That he never gives us things that we can do. He never gives us things that we are already able to do. He calls us into something bigger than ourselves. Because if we could do all the things that he calls us to, then why would we need grace? Grace is what separates us from any sort of other belief system. If we, if we are to do things that we can do, then there's no need for grace. But God graces us with things that, will be, that actually in, increase our capacities, increase our awareness, and increase our awareness of what we can actually do. It's by grace that we're called into. It's by grace we're saved. And it's also by grace that we're sent out. He graces us with his presence. He graces us with his Holy Spirit, and um, and I, I've I've been um, on the band now for well most of the time since I've been in this church now. But before I was a Christian, before anything like that, I was not a musician at all. I mean, the closest I came is like I had like the Guitar Hero games, and I could do most songs on Expert, and then and then I find okay oh, because I can do the, these songs, I can play um, Raining Blood on. Okay, I didn't actually play that one. That's pretty tough. Um, but uh, that was hard. I couldn't do that one on Expert. But what was the next one I did? Um, uh, Cliffs of Dover, I think I did that in Expert. And uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to get a guitar. So I got this cheap electric guitar from Cash Converters, which is closed down now. And I got this guitar, but for the most part, I just sat in my apartment collecting dust. I wasn't any musician. <laughs> I, I couldn't do anything like that. But then when the Spirit of God began to draw me into his dreams, yeah. he began to gift me with something I had no idea was possible for me to do. 
I remember I was out of the country and what happened was I, I picked up a bass guitar and then for some reason I had this ability to play it and I didn't, I didn't know where it came from. So I just kept on playing and playing and then, and then I, just, I just said to, to God, I said, when I get home, all I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a bass and I'm going to get in the church guitar and this is where we are. Yeah. I, because I, I, didn't, I could, didn't do something I could do. God called me to something I couldn't do. Yeah. And the story of our lives as believers, as people yeah. who are sent out by God, is that I'm not calling you to do something you can do. I'm calling you to, to do to something that you can't do. That it's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by the Spirit, says God. It's not by anything you can conjure up. And I'm so glad that the Great Commission wasn't, wasn't founded by some old, um, some old elders and some ancient presbytery who just kind of thought, eh, yeah, you know, I had this great idea. Like, I'm so glad about that because... The kingdom is of men. They rise and they fall, like the kingdom of Japan, Nazism, the Roman Empire, Syrians, Babylonians, kingdom of Nimrod will soon fall. But it's all these things that that made by men and made by people that are not God, that will come low, but the kingdom of God stands forever. Like Pastor Kevin said this morning, when God says a word, when that, when that Logos word goes, it, and, and it goes into good soil, it will reap a harvest. When it becomes rhema, it will produce something in our lives that will stand forever and i love that but the kingdom of god that what he calls us into is bigger than ourselves is bigger than our circumstances is bigger than our capacities because we're we're actually surrounded by something bigger and uh pastor kevin touched on this this morning and it was something i was thinking about as well that you know there's a there's a, a saying in christianity called being far from god but if you, if you read scripture and understand how God works, you can never physically be far from God. If, if God were opaque right now, you wouldn't be able to see your hand in front of your face. You wouldn't be able to. Genesis 1 says his spirit covers the entire face of the earth. You can't be far from God. We're never further than a prayer away, a hand away. We can't actually separate ourselves from God. Because his dreams are enveloping. His life is enveloping. In fact, he actually puts us into the middle of something bigger than, we, than what we can think ourselves. When I got baptized, when I got called of God to, to do many things, I wasn't personally able to do before I was baptized into something bigger but here's the thing about dreams to quote Inception the film one of the films that I do watch but apparently no one understands is that you don't really remember the beginning of a dream do you you kind of just end up in the middle of what's going on and it's like I don't know where you are just now but you're in the middle of a move of God. You don't know where it began. Like the wind, you don't know where it came from, but you are here and you are in the middle of a move of God. Whatever your experiences are, whatever your opinions are, it doesn't matter because you are in the middle of something bigger. You're in the middle of a move of God. And when you're in the middle, all you have to do right now is just respond and reply. Respond and reply. You respond to the Spirit and you reply with a statement of faith. Because it's faith that separates us from those who are civilians of this world, citizens of this world, subject to all the things that go on by the prince of the power of the air. All these sort of things. It's the faith that is inside us that helps us respond and when we respond we step into a citizenship of heaven a citizenship on heaven come on let's give god some appreciation but we are no longer slaves to things by their nature are not gods but we are called into a field of god's dreams that are bigger than us that are grander than us 
that no man can conjure up. No man is smart enough. No man, has, no man can live that long to see it through. But we're part of something bigger. You don't know the start because we don't need to know the start. We don't know the end because we know Jesus is the end. He'll bring all these things to completion. We're in the middle. We're in the middle. And it's our job to bring as many people into the middle with us, the journey with us, so then we can see a nation changed. Because we're in the middle of something big. And whatever that part we may play is small in comparison to the big vision, the big dream, the big plan of the, 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 the mandate of the church that we are to go out and seek and save the lost. There's a film called Field of Dreams, which is kind of where I got this title from. And the, the, man, the, the um, catchphrase of Field of Dreams is um, Kevin Costner is in a field and, and a voice comes from above or something. He's just like, build it and they will come. So he's like, <gasps> so he, he's, all he does is he builds this baseball field and then I think, like, I haven't seen the film, but like ghosts play on it. It's, it's a bit strange, <laughs> but God, like sometimes we can have that, that we can have that um, idea in how we live our lives and that. If we just build it, people will come. If we just have a structure, have a space, put on meetings, put on parties, people will just come. But that's not the great commission. That's not the command. The command is not build it and they will come. It's go and build them. Go and build them. He has empowered us to make disciples. In other words, something where you make something is you take ingredients, you take resources and build it into something it was not previously. We make disciples baptizing them, surrounding them, immersing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We baptize them. We all have this capacity to submerge people in what we're interested in. Facebook's a great example of that. I know what people are interested in by their feed on Instagram. I know the people that like the selfies more than they like food. I like the people that like sports. I like the people that like to put stories of them eating stuff. Like, just, like there was one guy who, was, who had a story that's like, should I eat this banana? Like, and it's like, no, I don't care. But, but he just constantly eats bananas. Some of you may know him, but um, it's from a movement of churches anyway. But anyway, so I'm not going to say his name because it's just weird. But, um, but it's easy to submerse people in what we're interested in. But let's submerge people in the reality of God and what he's called us to and what he saved us from. That reality is the power to transcend anything that we think is is more relevant or is more powerful. There's no name higher. There's no name greater than God who calls us into his field of dreams. And I love that about God because he, he knows our frame. He knows our imperfections. He knows what we're capable of. He knows our, um, our sins and our error get this before we commit them. But he calls us anyway. Yeah. It's that kind of perfect love that we need to get the message out. We need to display that with our lives. Yeah. That our lives are not just, you know, we, we do a bunch of things and then go to sleep and rinse and repeat the next day. We're actually stepping in yeah. to a field of dreams. Yeah. That you, the people in your workplace are a field of God's dreams. Yeah. They may not know God. They may not even know their father or their mother, but it's a field of dreams to see families restored. Yeah. They may not know God, but it's your, their, God's field of dreams that they would be brought into a loving family, brought into a loving church where they can see the truth of God. Yeah. God's field of dreams is so simple, yet so complex. Yeah. 
dreams of God are symbolized by what, what drives us, what motivates us. And, and the truth is to really understand what the field of God is, to, fields of the dreams of God is to us. We have to understand how we get there. We have to understand how we can see these things. Now, there's a vital space between being a civilian of this world and a field agent on the front lines of the kingdom of God. And it's this space which is base camp. It's the base camp of worship. It's base camp of the presence of God. The base camp, the HQ, where, where there's a sense of authority and a sense of authority that can send out. And, and it's a place where we get training as well. If you take away HQ or if you take away Scotland Yard or MI6 away from James Bond, what does he become? He becomes a misogynist, chauvinistic, alcoholic, mass murderer. <laughs> That's what he becomes. Because he's got MI6, because he's got Mish Money Penny, <laughs> because he's got these things, he's a man who's sent out and he's a hero of the nation. But if you take away Q Branch from James Bond, he may have been able to do some works for a while, but after a while, he'd probably be dead in a ditch somewhere because he doesn't have the gadgets or the resource to get him out of a tight mm. spot. For us, this place, this space, the church, yeah. our times of worship with God. This is how we, that is our base camp. Because yeah. some of us sometimes need to come back from the front lines and, and get retrained. Sometimes we need to, a reminder of why we do what we do. Sometimes we need to realize that we have problems with authority because out in the field we go rogue, the comms go down and we begin to do our own thing. But we just need to dial it back to realizing that we are nothing without spending time in the presence of God. We are nothing without that. And it actually opens up the field of dreams to us once again. Because Galatians 6 will tell us that we can grow weary of doing good. But in due season, we will reap a harvest. But in that time before the due season, before, before it comes our time, you know, sometimes we're waiting for our time when that door will open for us. But in that time, or rather before that time, we need to refresh ourselves. We need to understand that the dreams are not our dreams. They're, they're God's dreams. And if God gave them to me, he'll be faithful to watch over his words to accomplish them in our lives. The lives that we've got in front of us are a field of dreams. I love about field is that it's open. There's, there's no, you can do whatever in a field of dreams or in a wide field. You can do whatever, but not anything. Anything is, it's, it's not about the, the things that we can do. It's about what we should do. So when we go out sometimes, we kind of do things because we, we kind of think it's easier or it's better. But sometimes it's not the right way to go because we've slightly missed the mark we slightly missed the mark the good news is god's not far from any of us and when we spend time with him when we spend time in this church realizing that it's actually the church by which jesus will reach the nations it's actually through the church that jesus will reach the nations not to call to be rogue agents just seeking out for our own glory but rather 
the, the joint glory, the joint celebration that we will all celebrate together. When one rejoice, we all rejoice. And it's in that place, it's in that space where the kingdom of God will advance. We're a unified people. We're a glorified people. We're, we're united because we have this common base camp of God's presence. Because we can't do anything without God. But after a while, we think we can because we've been in this circumstance so long. You could have been doing something for 20 years and think that you've, you've been a subject matter expert. But the truth is, sometimes you might need to retrain. You might need to come back to that point of knowing that you're you. And you know that you're not perfect. And you know that you sometimes miss the ball just slightly. But coming back to that space where you're under the authority of Jesus. And it's in that authority that you're safe and secure. It's in that authority that you can learn again, relearn some things. And because sometimes we go in the field and to reach people is awkward. We think, How, well, I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know what to do. And the, tr- the reality is that Jesus will say that, don't worry about those times because I will give you the words to say. When people, when people, you may have to face an opposition. You may have to face a time where you have to, um, to stand up to the plate and with, with defending what you believe. And, and you don't have to worry about those times because the Holy Spirit will, will give you the words. It's coming to that space where you can realize it's not by my might, not by my power, but by my spirit. The Spirit of God, he's our trainer, he's our helper, he's, he convicts us of sin, he, he gives us the words and, and the abilities and graces, like Romans 12 says, that for any kind of thing that we are ever called out to do, God graces us. I'll close shortly if I have somebody in the keys. God graces us. But it's that place of worship, that place of God's presence where we're reminded of that calling we're reminded that we are we're actually in jesus christ it's only by jesus christ's authority that we can go out and do what we do if it's done by man it'll it'll end with man but if it's started from god it'll end with god and god is the beginning god is the end we're in the middle we're enveloped by his love we're surrounded by his goodness And how do we act in the middle? How do we respond in the middle? Well, we respond with worship. Worship puts us to a place of understanding that he is God and he is supreme and he is good. And when we, when we rehearse and, and remind ourselves of his character, that enables us to act like he, we, we ought to act, not out of any sense of desperation, not out of any sense of obligation, but rather out of a sense of response to the character of God out of the goodness of his calling, his love in our lives, that's how we respond. Pastor Kevin was talking this morning about acting, about buying flowers and keeping flowers around the house, but it's not out of any sort of duty, I hope. <laughs> it's, it's not about any sense of duty. It's, it's, it's a free-flowing thing because if it was out of duty, there would be a restriction. There would be, there would be like kind of like, a, oh, I've got to do this. But with God, it's never, I've got to do this. God is like, I get to do this. And like, God doesn't, it's never about need. We don't need to do anything. Like God's relationship with God, our relationship with God, it's not even about need. Like we were never needed 
but we are wanted by God. It's about want, that he wants us, he longs for us, that he actually longs for us so much that he sent his only son to die for all of the sins, all the things that separate us from him. And he steps into our existence, our timeline, and says, I love you, I'm after you, I'm for you. I want to see you restored into this house. I want to see you filled with my spirit and my promises. God is a God who loves, not out of anything that we deserve, because we don't deserve that perfect love. We are honored because we honor him. The opportunity is there for all of us to to rise up to the person he's created us to be, to rise up as the church he's called us to be, to rise up as the people he's called us to be. We're called to be agents of change, agent, agents that go into the field, not out, not out of any sense of self-glory, but rather in the way to demonstrate God's love because it's about the overflow of God's love. When God's love is made perfect in us, there's no torment, there's no fear. We can, we can freely step out, we can freely speak, and we can freely invite people into our lives so then they can see the God in us. It's that life of authenticity that helps people understand that we really are in a field of dreams. And I don't ever want my life to be, to be defined by something that I had to do, things that I had to do. I mean, I love that. And I've heard this said before, and you may hear it as well. I mean, there's two things that should be on every Christian's tombstone. The first words is, wow. Like, wow. You saw that? Wow, I mean, I, 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 would, I love that wow factor about God, that, that we, um, in a moment, will stand up and, and we'll, we'll worship, but, but, um, but there's a point of time where sometimes we look for, for God to, to do things. We, we look for a healing, or we, we look for you know, an opening in a the, in the job situation or circumstance, and we look for openings like that, but, but we're not seeking signs and wonders when it comes with God. It's actually about following God and signs and wonders follow. So when we want our authentic life, speaking to people as we normally do, but with that unction and that realization that we're actually children of God, we're ministers, we're ministers of His Holy Spirit. When we have that realization, then signs and wonders will follow. You can't set up these things, but as you live your life, you'll you'll experience many wow moments that are testimonies to people around you saying that that is the fruit of God in your life. Wow. I mean, I was in this situation and you, you knew exactly the words to say to me. Wow. I was struggling and I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't know how I was going to get out of that circumstance. And you just came along and you gave me that. Wow. How do you do that? Which is the second word. That should be on every believer's tombstone is how? How on earth? You know, I, I, I have friends who've known me longer than people in this room have, and, and they would say, like, I, I, I just bumped into one of the way to church here, and said, Oh, yeah, you're, um, so I'm just going to church, I'm, I'm speaking tonight. He's like, Oh, really? It's like, you can see that how? <laughs> <laughs> Because I knew you in school, right? And uh, I don't think that was in your list of um, requirements or a list of qualifications. And it's like, wow. I mean, how can you? With God, there are many wow and how moments. 
that we live a field of dreams that we accomplish not by what we can do, but why, but what we can't do. That we live lives doing what we can't. That's the power of God. He actually exceeds our expectations. The things that we think we can't do, I mean, it's fair, fair enough to say that because we can't, but the grace of God is what can. The grace of God is what calls us. The grace of God is what draws more out of us that we didn't think we had before. And I love that, that I don't have to go back to the same old, same old, because as I walk this life of Jesus, and as we take so many people along with us on the way, because in that scripture it says, as you're going, as you're going, make disciples. Don't live your life with a sole purpose, like I've got to make, I've got to make, I've got to do this. Like, no, live your life and out of the overflow of what falls from your life, you'll make disciples with God's perfect love that flows from you. Now read this last scripture, Joel 2 and 28. Like I said before, we've been talking about this a lot as a church. But I love this, that after the, the, um, God will restore the years of the locusts have eaten, and, and that he will give us new wine, new grain, new oil. And this is what happens after. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Wow. When God pours out his spirit, things will come out of us that didn't exist before. We are surrounded in something bigger than us. The church is bigger than us. It's bigger than INC. It's bigger than AOG. It's bigger than Hillsongs. It's bigger than all those things because we are in something far bigger than just a collection of people. We are actually the citizenship of heaven. We're in something we can't even physically measure. And I love that about God, that he calls us into something that's totally impossible like mathematicians and and people that try and figure stuff out and with formulas and stuff cannot even equate the goodness of God. It's like, it does not make sense, but we're actually baptized into something far bigger. When I pour out my spirit, in other words, something that you can't even contain will be poured out on you in abundance, in overflow. And what will overflow from you is prophecy, dreams. You will be connected to the dreams of God. You'll be connected to the visions of God. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church or this is your first time here. You still have that same um, opportunity. You still have that same ability to connect with God and be able to pour out and prophesy. The beautiful thing is that we can all prophesy. We can all be, like the scripture says, that we are kings and priests and prophets in this nation. We are kings that we can exercise as authority. We are prophets because we can speak to people on behalf of God. And we are priests because we represent people to God. That's what we're all called to. Field of dreams where there's no restricted areas. Because all authority is under Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.